I've hit the, the button. All right, here we go. <clears throat> what up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your boy, Monster DeFace, here bringing you guys another episode. We're coming back from TwitchCon all weekend long festivities. It was a, a, a wild week, and we'll be getting into everything that is, of course, revolving around not only that event, but the stuff following up afterwards and what was going on throughout the weekend because it has been quite the weekend as you can see from this title uh with that being said though thank you guys so very much for jumping on board hopping in checking out this uh today's episode whether it be through spotify apple dash radio uh amazon you know you guys tune in from all over the place we thank you guys um one thing i haven't been doing that i wanted to continue to encourage people to do leave a review it's been a while since we had some updated ones so show some love drop a rating all that good stuff on your favorite platforms but with that Let's jump into things. We got a couple of our favorites returning, of course, our co-host of the podcast, SBG and my boy, Life with Panda. What's up, baby? Hey, man. Listen, good to be back. Good to get to hear the stories from TwitchCon. Unfortunately, couldn't be there, but uh, I know you'll be able to fill us in here in this podcast on everything that happened. For sure, for oh. sure. And of course, somebody's gun. Oh, yeah. We're here. We're ready. We got a lot to talk about and... You haven't even, you've teased a couple of things, but we're hearing all these stories for the first time about what happened at TwitchCon. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, guys, before I press the record button, I'm like, yo, fellas, I haven't seen y'all all week. Guess what? Right? Like, it was, uh, man, TwitchCon was awesome. For those of you guys that are listening at home and, and kind of tuning in at a later date, uh, today is October 11th. TwitchCon was the weekend of this first, uh, the, the second week, essentially, of October. And, you know, if you're just maybe thinking, like, what is TwitchCon? It's effectively Twitch, the live streaming platforms, gathering of all the gamers, the community, the moderators, um, and also just companies that come through and want to sell their products or show off their new products and things that they're developing in on the floor. Um, and it's a pretty big deal. It's the first convention for TwitchCon to, uh, for Twitch to have happened uh, since the pandemic, as things were pretty much put on pause. They had this running every single year, and this is their first return, and then that had its own little bits of drama. I think we covered a couple weeks back as Twitch opened ticket sales and then they got hit by the cancel committee about uh, COVID vaccinations, mask requirements, and stuff like that. So some people went a little crazy about having some safety restrictions put in place, which well, that in its own, I think, was just a publicity stunt because they went to socials. They said they were going to do it. And then you show up to the event, and I kid you not, you could have had a fake vaccine card or a fake negative card because the people that were flagging people did not do any kind of like cross reference or take a step further to actually verify what you were showing them was true. So take take that how you will. But again, it's all smoke and mirrors sometimes with these companies, man. The uh, yeah, virtual man. signaling is real sometimes online. No, 100%, dude. And I kind of figured that's how it was going to be. Because, look, if that wasn't their initial thought, which it wasn't, again, like Monster mentioned, as soon as they dropped tickets initially, there was no mandates, nothing. And they even said there was going to be no mandates. And then backlash, switch, everything happens. But I'm not surprised. This is actually kind of what I expected, to be honest with you. I fully expected for for this weekend to take place and and them have, like, maybe some signage talking about it. But outside of that, nothing. And well, seems to be the case. Let's be honest, is like a $15 an hour employee that works for the venue and not Twitch even really going to care? Like, it is not their True. their job to be like, you gave me a fake thing. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. All right, cool. You passed 
I did my job. Now it's somebody else's problem. It, that's mm. it. That's really what it felt like. Yes, people were walking the floor, maskless, no one saying anything. So you had like half the venue, like, yeah, this mask is making me sweat, bro. I'm not wearing this. And then the other half, like, nope, I'm keeping minds on. I'm following the rules, etc. Um, that's kind of like the 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 opening experience getting into TwitchCon. One other thing that was different this time around. Um, then the last time there was no promotion outside promotion. They didn't, uh, not even for the influencers in the past, you would see these big banners of the, the influencers, the faces of their, of the company. There was none of that. And I think that to me is kind of the pressure of like YouTube buying their biggest faces off the platform. Like it's almost like they don't even know who they can trust to actually show off anymore. Right. Um, at one point, it might have been Nick Merckx, but dude, Nick Merckx threw MCOM, his own official community event, right on top of Twitch's because he wasn't um, on the same page as them when it came down to mm. the health and rule restrictions they were trying to put in place. So TwitchCon was definitely different for a lot of reasons this time around. Um, and I, I hate to, to you know throw punches at them right now as I had a fun weekend outside of the con event itself, the, the attraction, if you will. Um, but hey, man, th these are these are some of the obvious things that were standing out. Yeah, you know, look, I, I was literally the first, the moment you said that you weren't seeing faces, I was like, yeah, what faces do they have to trust left? You know? And you literally touched <laughs> on it because I I've heard. So I follow like um, the external community, like the OTKs and the um, the Pogger quote unquote community quite right. a bit. I love the Ludwig content and, and so on. So. I'll watch their live streams and they're always talking about how there are still more streamers to transition to YouTube that it just hasn't happened yet. Cause let's be honest, contracts, especially massive multi-million dollar contracts don't happen overnight. So it, it takes definitely some time for them to transition. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Twitch was like, yeah, honestly, we're still, we're getting ready to lose a, a Pogamane and Nick Merckx, whatever the case may be. Mm. Uh, we should probably just avoid faces for now. Wait till the dust settles, and then maybe we'll start pushing our creators. But, I mean, you can also argue that they're just not good at that in general. Because look how long it took them to acknowledge Kai Sinet. I mean, mm. my man blowing up on Twitch, breaking records, doing incredible stuff. And they, they couldn't even tweet about him. Not once. Until, obviously, Twitch got some backlash, then they started to reward him for it. But it shouldn't that shouldn't be the case like if you're doing big things on a platform the platform should be like yo let me talk about you because you're doing big things i agree yeah i mean and, and we see that we see that all the time right where you you kind of be it's it's almost like favorites you know companies play favorites and for kai Sinat, that's that's a great example of someone who is breaking records on the platform um moving you know people emotionally through the community i mean a, a lot of people saw his uh his emotional announcement with the, with his mom and stuff, kind of like the whole moment that that broke through. He broke a hundred thousand Twitch subscribers. Um, that is a massive deal, literally leading the record for the amount of subscriptions on a on an individual channel. And they, like you said, didn't even thank him for all that. Like they're br he's bringing all this external traction to the platform. He doesn't get a thanks. Uh, I actually got to take a photo with him at, at TwitchCon. He's uh, okay. Dude, surprisingly. Nice. I'm not a tall guy, guys. I know I sound like a big man, but look, like I'm, I'm like a solid five seven with good shoes on. Okay, six uh, four. I've seen him. <laughs> but uh, no, dude, he's he's like little shorter than me. Definitely a lot skinnier. He had a big old chain on, man. 
he's he's a cool cat dude he was just on the floor taking taking photos of people super small entourage you know just just a regular guy and you love to see it and and he was really enjoying himself at the at the con vibe and that was the floor some of the other fun highlights though of the weekend shout out to anyone that uh you know follow us on socials and we're showing love because we had the craziest experience at the phase clan party dude they had a party travis scott showed up he did a couple songs like he had the floor bumping dude i, I was having so much fun man i went down there and, and mosh pitted with everyone else moshing in the <laughs> crowd you know shoving and having fun and everyone had a really 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 good time um so much fun in fact a friend of ours uh found himself he woke up at one point, let's put it like that, and the club was empty. He, he, he was having a little too much fun, so we had, we, had, we had some fun stories that made it very, very much memorable for, for a lot of us. But in the end, it just turned out to be such a great experience. Um, I would say, boys, the, the biggest surprise to me was Galaxy Racer. They showed up. They, they rented out this club um, or, or a rooftop, this rooftop spot called the Nolan Bar, uh, you and it was just overseeing the city. It was super cool, right? So the, the spot was dope. And they were also putting in um all types of extra like little things in place where they had a photo booth. They had a drone flying around, kind of filming the night. So I can't wait to see like the footage that comes out of that. And it was crazy because their uh position was so prime, you could look down and see Nick Merck's party. Like it wow. it, it made it feel like, dude, like you know that that ain't got nothing on this kind of vibe which sucks because mm -hmm. i love nick Merckx and he had his own little private thing um but again they just they just had such a premium spot man and it turned out to be an, an amazing weekend and we saw this kind of coming because they were posting about some north american positions open mm -hmm. so it seems like gxr is getting ready for this north american push and they haven't announced i believe they have like one or two creators signed on the north american side but I would expect much more from them, you know, based on what they've done in Europe and uh, other regions there, they're knowing what they're doing. They're signing the management team first. They're getting the right pieces in place and then, you know, give it a couple of months, let those people get their feet wet and then they're going to jump right in. Well, and let's not forget, this is the just another piece of what I believe is, you know, this Middle Eastern agenda to get uh, the influence out there because they you know, the Middle Eastern uh, backed companies, these Saudi companies recently acquired ESL, right? And that came with its own kind of backlash and conversation just because the history uh, that, that, that kind of goes behind uh, more of the, along the political line. So people weren't too happy to see this, but it's not stopping them, like you said, from just continuing to expand their influence. And I'm pretty sure GXR is one of those few companies that are Definitely back. They got that Saudi money, as you like to say. They are they are big back. They're doing their thing and they're and they're making um crazy, crazy waves. So this party was just the beginning of them showing, like, hey, this is what we can do. Rent out a whole dope spot, open bar it, let everyone just have the night of their lives. And it, you know, they wh why else are they doing it? It's marketing, right? It really is marketing. Smart marketing too. Uh, like I think uh, there's there's something to say for uh, an organization to be able to put that much money into their kind of like soft announcement, more or less, because realistically, it's not like they're marketing heavily online. Like this was more for creators to get into one spot. And I bet you money, somebody, uh, maybe even a few people will get signed based off that party. I believe 
that was kind of part of their thought. They were like, look, hey, we have all these incredible up? creators in this one spot. Let's invite as many of them here as we can. And then, hey, let's network. Let, let's, hey, I like this person. You're not signing anybody? Galaxy Racers got your back. So I'm curious uh, how that's going to continue to unfold. I think it's smart. And, and the nice thing, too, is we're, we're kind of at a point where orgs are dying. And mm, I mean, right. going through some tough stuff. And we'll dive into one of those in particular here coming up. But another one is TNA. What's going on with TNA? What I'm looked like a, a blossoming org now just crashing, but on the heels of them crashing, here's Galaxy Racer doing big things and ready to invest whatever dollar they can to make it big. That's right. And just to kind of touch on, again, the two contrasting points here, um, Galaxy Racer pick up one of the most promising uh, European content creators uh, in today's time, but she's English speaking. That's the most important part. Reddish. Yeah. She's killing it on TikTok, killing it on Twitch, continuously drawing. They have they, they have some awesome photo shoot banners and stuff of her blown up on the elevators, like like sticker kind of wallpaper. Like it was super cool. Some oh. vinyl shots of her and the other creator that they just recently signed. And she was up there in a stunning all purple dress, kind of, you know, representing the Twitch vibe while, of course, in the in the party element. It, it was awesome. She was she was definitely the if you will like kind of the highlight the star of gx uh gxr's party as far as influencers go so um they they again put in those extra resources to bring her out and that was really cool and shout out to everyone that even showed practice server love that it dude the weekend was crazy people are really seeing what prax up to and we had honestly nothing but compliments and and just you know just getting that recognition really getting that recognition the whole team's getting recognition it was so cool to kind of be a part of that because the last time i was at a con or something like that you know we we didn't have that influence but you saw like the growth now as we walk around they're like yo that's the prat crew right people want to come you know kind of hang out with us and stuff like that so it was it was super awesome to really see it all play out in person but to jump on that contrast tna like you just mentioned losing some of their best or maybe not losing but deciding not to re-sign Mini Miner, what's that all about? What is yeah. right? Mini Miner is again one of the most promising up and coming influences right now, growing on all platforms. If that's not a sign that they're, you know, like you said, going in the in a in a poor direction or a bad direction or maybe sizing out of esports, I don't know what mm -hmm. is. Yeah, I mean, and Mini Miner was their first signing ever. So to put that into right. context, like Mini Miner was there, helped develop their YouTube channel did a bunch of stuff behind the scenes to make TNA what it is today. And they dropped them. And I think all they have left now is what, Oliver? Is that I it? I believe so. Well, and then, oh, actually, I don't, they just signed the two West players. So cool. And Yumi. Oh, and Yumi. You are correct. You are correct. Uh, which, uh, kind of an interesting, like, pickup, in my opinion. Like, obviously, Yumi cool. They're going to the Invitational. They just won an FNCS, so that part makes sense why to sign them. But I'm curious if TNA has something else in mind. I mean, to me, it makes sense. It's a cheap pickup that you know is going to be at the Invitational. It's probably... Oh, are you saying NA West is cheap? Uh, compared <laughs> to EU and NA, like the names, yes, it, it is cheap. <laughs> I mean, just look at the social followings of Cool and Yumi. They're nowhere near what like a booga a miro like some of those players that i mean scented cold now all the the team 33 people they're gonna be asking a lot more than a cool and yumi who right. are good great players but i don't mean to take anything away from them 
they're not at the level of these other guys. It, it is interesting because not only have they kind of not done much, but they've been relatively silent. And this is what we saw from Team 33, uh, just radio silence leading mm -hmm. up to what has now been a crash. Um, but, you know, let, let's let's finish up on TNA before we dive into 33. Miner, I, I just talked to him. He was a part of, like, every video for them and really participating in all their content. So it it is, um, I don't know what's going on. Alarming. It's, it's super alarming. And, and again, just... You know, we we all here have a great relationship with some like Miner, so our insight here is about as good as it gets. Miner is someone who I know personally is someone who will jump in the conversation, push for content initiatives. He's like kind of the the influencer you want, the guy that's hungry mm -hmm. to actually be a part of the org. And uh, your success is his success, kind of vibe. That's that's the person he is, and and that's the kind of worker that he is. And you've seen how much he's 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 accomplished. Um, but you know, TNA has also given him a lot in return. So it has been a, a, a give and give type situation and relationship. But yeah, like I, like we said, the most alarming thing is that they are downsizing what looks to be out of either Fortnite or maybe esports as a whole and looking for these cheaper signs, right? And that's why we have, like like you said, the Yumi pickup and things like that. To me, that's the needle in the haystack. That's the Hail Mary toss. Uh, you know, that, that's the 70-yard field goal attempt that you don't ever really see, right? Like, that that that's what we're looking at right now, that real... Hey man, we we maybe something can come from this. Maybe it can make an impact for us. And if they show up and they win, well, guess what? It was worth it, right? So what's that low risk? You know, really that cost, right? It's 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 probably nothing. It's a it's a drop in the bucket. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's kind of let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Uh, these other teams. You you mentioned Team Thirty Three. There was a big, honestly, a headlining situation go down with Team Thirty Three, and and one that we saw coming. All the red flags were there. Um, there was mm -hmm. multiple accusations even before all the signings and stuff like that because this is a team that has been led and ran by individuals who have quite the sketchy past. And, uh, you know, once a crook, probably always a crook. Kind of <laughs> kind of read, I think, right now. But, um, SBJ, it sounds like you had a little bit more about how maybe this all surfaced and what started, if you will, this conversation about Team 33. Yeah, so I'm just going to talk about what I know and what I've been told. I'm not going to speculate about things. Okay. That way, people who are listening get the information and understand that th this is what we know to be true based on people very close to the organization and in or formerly in the organization. Um, first of all, they were throwing money at everybody and anything within Fortnite from the beginning. They signed a player for a $33,000 contract to start off the organization within Fortnite. They also signed a t 11 or 12 year old that made headlines and none of us know who that guy is. That guy has never made any noise within Fortnite. You have to be 13 to compete. So like none of that made sense from the start, right. but they came in, they signed a lot of good players. At one point, I think they had like a 40-person roster, which is unheard of in Comp Fortnite, and it seemed to be okay. There was red, red flags. Everyone was like, okay, whoa, this is crazy. Why you you signing a bunch of people? This is not going to last. But it did. For about a year, year and a half, they lasted. They were able to keep up. And from what I've been told, there was only one payment that's been missed, and that was the previous month for all of those players for a year to a year and a half 
all payments were made. They were made on time. And the person that I spoke to had been on the org for over a year. There was one late payment that came three days late and they were given a heads up. So Tyler, who's the CEO, the owner, um, seems like he's a decent guy. I, I don't know anything outside of Fortnite, but from talking to players on the org management, they are comfortable, happy with what went on in the organization. He treated them well. He sent 10 plus people to Sweden, all expenses paid. So, you know, he gave these kids opportunities, tried to give them everything. And now it just seems like it got overwhelming for him. It started to become too much. And he was not able to let go of some of the decision-making, which then made more pressure on him, made more obligation for him to do everything. And eventually the money, the obligations, the responsibilities caught up to him. And he just went radio silent for about two weeks. He spoke to a couple of people and then went radio silent again. And since then we've started to see basically everyone just leave the organization because you have a non-existent, non-communicative owner and ceo yeah basically basically afk from the product um and and again like i said this is this is a crazy one because there are so many speculations right and and so many stories in articles that people have dug up like legit like scam articles and stuff that exist out there legal lawsuits with the the folks that are at the top of this organization and the entities that back this organization. And that was why it was always viewed as something that there's something going on here. Right. But they come in and like you mentioned, somebody's gun, they put out a pretty great year. They, they uphold, you know, their responsibilities and they do a great job. And who knows what could have really caused this, this disappearance, if you will, the last couple of weeks, is it a is it a rug pull situation where they're just gonna get out of here? They've they've came in and as the rumor state, maybe washed some money and got out. I, I don't think that's the case. But you know, is is that what it is? Is the crypto funds, you know, like is has that dried up or you know what I mean? Like we we don't really know. So I was given some information that they were working on getting investment and the investment group backed out, and that's kind of what caused the owner to just go into this state of, well, I'm kind of done with this now. Mm. You know, he saw a light at the end of the tunnel and then the tunnel collapsed on him and then he, he didn't want to start bar- undigging himself from this. So based on what I know, that is what seemed to have happened and started all this. But again, I don't know that for 100% fact, but I, I do trust the people I was speaking to. Yeah, you know, look, I'm not surprised. Because amidst of like hearing that they were going for investments, I also heard rumbles. I won't say where from, but heard rumbles of them trying to sell too. I know SPG and I have kind of talked about it too. It's like there was there was a lot of these flags that like Team Thirty Three, as we know it, was gonna cease to exist soon, but no one could have expected it to end the way that it did. And it's unfortunate, like uh, for the players. A lot of players have come out and they've, they haven't said anything negative per se, but they're like, yo, I don't know what's happening. They're not communicating with us. So free agent, by the way. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, the, the, the real losers here, the victims, if you will, are the players, it's the staff. It's those that had their livelihoods. What was a potential comfortable financial situation 
pulled out from underneath them. And and as we all know, guys, esports is not easy. Making it in this space is not easy. And more often than not, your reputation is all you have. And for someone like, I believe you said his name is Tyler, right? The CEO. Yes. Tyler comes in. The way you exit matters. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's zero chance if this is his real, you know, final hoorah and his way out with uh, Team 33, zero chance people are going to trust him in the future to build anything in esports or remotely Unless close. you're the Fortnite guy. Unless you're the Fortnite guy. You never okay. know. <laughs> but it's it's true. In uh, esports, the, the analogy is it's, it's, it's a... It's just basically uh, an oven, and to keep the oven on, it needs fuel. And the fuel is the money. You shovel in the money, and you got to keep the fire burning as, as long as possible. And most people can't. Uh, most people don't make it to that year plus. And, and these are the kind of situations we see unfold. And we've seen a number of different approaches in the past of uh, the way esports orgs shut down operations, if you will. We've seen complete blackout messages where you know they they just go ghost we've seen hey um i'm sick we can't do this this is why i've been gone and they blame it on a, a number of variable diseases and things like that like again we've seen everything some of it could be true some of it can be all smoke and mirrors just to you know find an excuse to get out the door uh but right now the story remains to be told um i mean hey look we even seen uh someone take a million dollars from another guy and then just not pay him back right and then just go <laughs> ahead and exit that way right like we have seen literally everything yeah well listen it's funny that svg brings up the fortnite guy because i oh, noticed gosh. this the other day and you know i love that guy to death right um but <laughs> did you know team kangarna doesn't exist anymore no way yeah, it's Cubex. It's called Cubex now. Do you want to know what Cubex is? Oh, but they were acquired then, right? No. Oh, they were. This is just wait. a coin. <laughs> this is now a org that is mixed in with a Cubex NFT oh, and Chain sense. Tech Labs. Makes so sense. Just another like. Oh, I I feel like this is just another quick grab for some cash from the Fortnite guy before he makes this final exit because. How can anyone trust this man after everything he's done the last few years? And now this, like, yeah. come on. Yeah, that, that, really, that makes sense. I'm really interested to see how that plays out for the Invitational, too, because we saw some message leaks about players not submitting the form that they were supposed to. And in their Discord names, it had their org in parentheses. So it looked like Fortnite, in some sense, was looking to recognize that. and. In no way is Fortnite going to give Cubex in NFT apparently any kind of recognition at this thing. So I hope not. Kanata, <laughs> if they realize Kanata it, is the player that they have signed that will be there um, and be playing. So that'll be interesting. I I'm I'm curious to see how that'll work out. It, that's so unfortunate for someone like Kanata. Like you didn't sign up to be attached to an NFT brand or you know chain tech technology with your with your contract. I'm assuming right. Uh, but you're kind of dragged into this rebrand. Um, there has to be some clauses there to exit. But then at the same time, like we just talked about, it's your foundation. It's your money. It's your form of income. You know, not everyone has that luxury to be able to just step away. You know, he probably has to ride this storm out for a couple months uh, and, and keep under the radar to not tarnish his brand now, um, which which is, again, super weird. Yeah, I, I don't see Fortnite and, and Epic uh, acknowledging the this type of brand. It's already in the rules that those 
sponsors and stuff are, are not allowed uh, to, to support tournaments and things. So for the biggest invitational, for the biggest land of 2022 that Epic's putting on, uh, probably in their best interest to stay away from it. Uh, I wouldn't doubt some, some stories uh, coming out in the future about that old thing. <laughs> but but another thing about Team 33, just, just while we're kind of on the topic closing out, didn't they like acquire another quote-unquote org oh, for millions yeah. of dollars or like one point something mil there was wow. some weird story behind that too yeah so you, you guys remember k2g you might not because they weren't around for very long <laughs> right um they were acquired by team 33 for 1.2 million dollars and it, k2g was I mean, what's a good example? And I like I don't mean to give shade. K2G, they signed some decent players. I think Quanti was on there at one point. Um, but they were a startup org, right? They had a couple smaller players and some management. By no means. If they're worth $1.2 million, give me like half a billion. Right. Yeah, and that's the comparison. When you looked at that org in particular and you looked, you know, and you just think like from the outside, right? You just kind of open the curtains. You look at what's around you. Dude, K2G, a million-dollar organization with close to no accomplishments was wild to get purchased for that much. And an uh, article written and all of this pretty much announced. It just made you think, like, what are these guys at Team 33 doing? It was just another red flag to the org. Like, clearly, they're being led by someone who doesn't quite get it or he gets convinced over nothing that this is a great idea. Like, it's one or the other. So, uh, shout-out to K2G. I really hope you guys did sell your org and, and you know got paid baby and and maybe some of your staffing was on board all year long and and i hope it worked out for you guys um because what's going on right now team 33 is just another dagger in the uh to, to the poor organizations that have been inside the fortnite space and and left um fortnite's in a very I feel like it's in a, it's in a treacherous position right now we don't have many organizations that are in the space that are good uh, we don't have many organizations that are in a space that are expanding or investing in this, you know, place. Um, FaZe Clan doesn't look to be doing it. NRG just recently lost day. Uh, you know, like, like there, there is no investment coming in here. Team 33 is probably a scam org now or something like that. They're just going to disappear. TNA is downsizing out. Like, we don't have any up-and-coming orgs that are putting in the work. And one thing that we'll see how it turns out is the players are losing out big time on this because there used to be a massive ecosystem for yep. players to be able to survive within this. And we just see org after org fall and downsize and not continue to invest in the space. And is that going to play a significant piece in the number of players that can compete at a high level? Probably. I think, if I you're think not this is where I start signing players. Oh, and then no. there's no competition. I'm just number one, dude. That's it. <laughs> there's zero competition. I mean, look, I, I, I was literally going to joke about that, too. I, I think it's... Um, Panda Esports. What are you going to do? Esports. What are you going to do? There's no competition, right. bro. Hey, player salary is 50 bucks a month. That's all I can afford, guys. I can't... <laughs> but would you but no. rather have 50 bucks or no bucks? You know? Yeah, see? They're going to take mm -hmm. it, dude. No, but in, in all seriousness, like... We're in a very, very dangerous waters in the Fortnite community. And I've been, I've been, we've obviously, we've been talking about it for months, but we're in this spot where the players 
are i don't want to say they're entitled right but they they feel like they deserve to get money and large amounts of money from orgs and they feel like they also deserve to get large amounts of money from prize pools from fortnite when in reality if if you're not fully hyping up and creating content around the game that's going to be impossible it's not feasible right that's why we're in such a, a lull period in in fortnite content history like I, the lowest we've been as far as fortnite content goes and, and a lot of people have been talking about it recently on socials it's like these players they they want to to have it all but they don't want to do the work well actually i, I don't even know if i want to call it a lull in fortnite content i think the content is there it's the fortnite interest that isn't right because the game is the game has continued to do really cool stuff collaborations yeah. top tier um uh continuing the lore pretty crazy pretty dope the investment the marketing investment we saw for the whole chrome season coming in the chrome cheerios the chrome trailers the chrome you know all that kind of stuff playing off that it was all a pretty big success but that interest on on socials the interest on youtube that's where that decline is at so what happens now when you still have which is a weird problem to have you have this player base that plays the game but now they're not interested in consuming the content how does that happen i don't know because yeah, I, I was about to say i have a thought and then i'll throw it to svg but i think it's because the casual base has given up the interest to get better because when they what they think of getting better as is unachievable right so now they don't watch the content to try to get better they aren't watching the tips and tricks videos the bod reviews everything else that that content has has died taken a nosedive but then you have content like fashion shows or um courage has done a cool series where it's like uh, who wants to be a millionaire and it's but it's v bucks and he takes in big creators to do those videos and those videos do well right because players will still watch that because it doesn't make them feel bad necessarily about their skill level. And I think um, that's one of those things that unfortunately is going to be impossible to fix unless Fortnite reverts back to chapter one and reverts everything, turbo build, et cetera. Like they would have to do like a classic Fortnite to, to truly get people reinterested and learning the tips and tricks side of Fortnite content. Um, but I think there's a huge market still for competitive Fortnite but I think it comes in the way of stories and and creating narratives within the competitive scene, and it just doesn't exist right now. And does well, I, does that mean they support orgs all the way and, and kind of go that route? But go ahead, SBJ. I know, I know you still have a, a input here. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I wanted to add is we haven't really seen anything different in the competitive Fortnite space for almost three years. Montage. It's the same montages. It's the same end game highlight videos. And, you know, I got to shout out Cease for actually putting in some effort to provide some pro commentary style of content. Um, I know Queasy tried it in the past, but that's, to me, one of the few things that stand out. And then there's those, like, crossover content creators like Jivin, Roadie Bros, uh, Ken Beans. They've all seemed to continue to succeed by doing some sort of personality-based competitive Fortnite style of content with those tips and tricks. So I think there is a market for it. I just think no one wants to watch a highlight video or a tournament highlight anymore. I think, I think, I think the problem is it's the orgs. And I know we don't even have orgs anymore, but we've had so many sucky orgs 
not push their creators to make great content and actually mm -hmm. develop this space that the players hit that, like you said, complacency level of highlights work. I'm getting short views and I'm going to play these songs that I can't even monetize off of, right? Like all these, th this trend happened with this very young community and we didn't actually have leaders behind these orgs that knew what the heck was going on and knew what to do with the interest when their pro players that they were paying had all of the community's interest in that viewership. Because I guarantee you, if from a year ago, two years ago, shoot, go back three years ago, we're closest to that golden age, that peak of orgs being around. If those orgs put it in their agreement, you had to make tutorial content, etc., and they drilled that in, our scene would be probably bumping right now with like people that are not only better at the game, but like, loving that side of the creators knowing that you know we'd have just so many different leaders in a space because there's something about building those kind of individual platforms and having that that power and and knowing that you are a source of knowledge for someone that will honestly just develop a person in, in a in a much more of a leadership role um it's hard to explain but trust me when i say i think the problem stems from the lack of leadership we had behind organizations and I think that's an important point to make because they just let the players get fat and happy with their paychecks, doing the same old, same old and winning money off of tournaments and still getting their paychecks. And being toxic um, on socials and, you know, like, yeah. like who's watching these guys? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a great point, though, because, you know, at first you couldn't make the argument. They were all young. They didn't know what to do. But a lot of these players were signed for years. And now you can't use that same... They were young, didn't know what to do, argument for either the players or the orgs. Like Now it's kind of on the players because the orgs have failed to do it, to step up and do it themselves. And like we said, we, we see even now the big orgs are starting to you know lose players. I don't know why they didn't re-sign to NRG, um, but, but that's, that's a massive flag for nrg clearly they invested in day who's a phenomenal player but i guess as a personality he didn't pop off the way they wanted to which is cool right they want to be that lifestyle brand they still have um i believe clicks on board and aussie antics who still makes content um but i think it, dude if aussie ever does leave or when he does i should say <laughs> that's that that might be the end of like viewership in the fortnite category which is crazy to think about because he kind of is the market shareholder of viewership of Fortnite. And the wild part about that is he's already been doing his variety. He's been training for the exit. Um, you see him play Valorant. You see him play Minecraft. He's retaining good numbers. It's only a matter of time before he decides, dude, these Valorant viewers part, you know, the viewership there is crazy. Time to go, time to go eat there. Um, and then that's it. Our market share of viewership is gone inside the Fortnite space, which is a really, really big deal. So we're in a bad spot right now. What can Fortnite do to make this uh, better? What can they do to recover this type of scenario, this road that we're going down? They need to double down on creators. They need to double down creators that exist today, creators that care about the game today. Um, whether that's zero build or regular competitive, it doesn't matter. They just need to double down on one of these ecosystems and platform them up. Um, TwitchCon could have been an excellent example to go ahead and do that. But, you know, Twitch Rivals kind of did their own thing and, you know, Epic watched and, you know, obviously supported in some capacity from the side. But, you know, like I said, even TwitchCon didn't really platform up these creators. So all these companies are recognizing that the loyalty isn't quite there 
And it sucks that we have two of these major uh, entities in our space recognizing like where do we actually invest and who can you trust that's going to stick around for a while because as of right now it really doesn't exist too much um sure we can argue that cypher pk is one of the people that obviously just got his recent skin and stuff like that but we all know like we said once the big dogs start falling out the other big dogs don't want to play in the yard you know what i mean they they will get bored yeah and let me add to this i, I think if if orgs aren't going to be able to support players and create content around the players, or like we said before, Fortnite's going to have to do something. Uh, and but it, it's hard for Fortnite to justify it. Uh, you look at the stories from the Battle Bus episode with Cipher PK, right? So what, what was that viewership like? I didn't even get to watch it. I, I ha so for a while, the viewership was relatively low, right? Mm. I think it was like just above like 100k for a bit. But now the video views right now are at 413,000 views for this documentary style Cypher PK video. Now, you have to think what it takes for Fortnite to create that video. The cost is high. It's probably from just from experience and production and stuff It's probably between 50 and $150,000 in total That's what I was to thinking. produce that video. So for them to produce that and to get less than 100 million views in what, I guess, almost a month now less than 1 million not 100 million that's a lot oh yeah less than a million <laughs> my apologies i meant to say less than 500,000 and that's what i was thinking in my head okay okay um but less than 500,000 that's uh that's a pretty big hit and and to be honest. but but the catch being and cypher pk usually pulls in wild numbers right so mm -hmm. why why is it that the official again the official fortnite platform did the, the their reach is not as impactful as it once was is a mystery right now and a lot of it does start to revolve around those conversations of their lack of um um injection into the space it's just they they've just been playing this sideline the safe sideline for so long uh but hey we have lands returning now that's going to continue to make buzz that's going to continue to grow new interest the what they do with these lands what they do with capturing the content the photo shoots the tweets everything matters they recently just completely bombed and failed on socials i think we saw them put some like tweets out from fn competitive that was supposed to invoke like a thread or a communication style but it looked like someone just forgot to post the video with the tweet but then it just turned out all the tweets are kind of like that it was just a weird miss are you talking about the invitational tweet the ones that were just, just tweeted the names yeah they were like tweeted names or like let's talk about it but like Talk about what there was like nothing to, it was like a bait tweet but it was like a very poorly written bait tweet you know what i mean yeah. things like things like that are bad like it really bad for the official company handle uh and it just mm -hmm. kind of further nails in the coffin of like dude you guys are killing your socials and you're not really doing it right on the comp side um and trust by no means am i a solution to this i'm not uh but there are definite other places that they can probably source to to draw inspiration and probably build things up a little bit better um and and that's really all i have to say about that yeah, yeah. i mean look two things real quick thumbnails for fortnite have, have been a struggle point for a long time and i think that's part of the reason the views for the main fortnite channel just haven't slapped it literally just is a picture of Th cypher pk it says fortnite and it says cypher pk like that's that's all it is right and it's not a very eye-catching thumbnail that's number one number two i think um we're, we're kind of in a a weird spot in general 
when it comes to what the future of Fortnite holds. Yes, there's a lot of excitement going into like DreamHack Atlanta, the Invitational, even DreamHack Winter. But because we still don't know what's happening next year, uh, it's kind of crazy. And then the last point, those tweets, SPG and I, we uh, we saw them when we were like, oh, dude, they forgot to post something extra to them. Like, what what did they miss? And they stalled out, too. It's been five days. They haven't posted all 50 duos. Oh, no. Like, what <laughs> no. is going on? That, but uh, that's what I'm no saying. It makes no sense, man. That's what it I'm saying. It literally makes no sense. But, hey, I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. They have three straight weeks of lands in November to make things right. Yes. And if things don't go well there, all right, we, we should be worried. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Until then... Maybe they have some secret game plan in their back pocket to make everything succeed, but that's going to require content. That's going to require effort from the players. That's going to require effort and money from Epic, but cheaper because all the players will be in one place. You could, you know, make those things a lot cheaper. So we'll see guys. I mean, I'm optimistic, but also scared. I'm like scaredly optimistic. If that makes sense. Yeah. That, we're hopeful we wanted to do great but it's mm -hmm. like what we've seen so far is like no no and no this is not quite it I'm, I'm kind of browsing through the stories of the battle bus right now it's crazy because i i'm subscribed to this thing called vidiq so it shows me how many views per hour videos get the mm -hmm. booga video is still gaining as of right here this this stat five times more views per hour than cypher pk's current video so Jeez. it just shows you that although Cypher PK is probably the biggest influencer we have, content creator, he his legacy, what he's done, still doesn't hold a, a match or a candle to what Booga accomplished and how people are still so interested in the story of Booga. But that's because we haven't had that development, right? We really haven't had too much character development um, throughout the years. Uh, so anyways, Booga's video still gets 250 views per hour currently. And uh, as of right now, Cyber PK's video is getting 54 views per hour. They're kind of like on that track. So think of it as, uh, yeah, kind of you're speeding down the highway. That's the speed they're going at. Book is going five times faster. He's still just going. That video still accumulating interest and, and yeah. views there. So that just shows us by no means is comp dead. All right. People want to see some of this stuff. But yet you need to have a reason to want to come back and tune in. So we'll, we'll see what, what goes on. And, and I agree with you. I'm looking at the... You know, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, the whole thing. Cypher PK joins the Fortnite Icon series. It's, it's a little different. That's cool. And then he added stories of the Battle Bus. So they try to, they try to mix it up. But it, it probably could have been better. I think it just even being more direct, like, uh, we sat down with Cypher, like, get to know Cypher PK or the story of Cypher PK. You know what I mean? Like, like tell yeah. us, tell us more. There's so many more. Uh, there, there are much better videos out there that are, like, titled in a particular way that captivates you to want to watch. You know what I mean? Um, I watch UFC documentaries all the time, but it's because yeah. it's that title, baby. When I see like, you know, you know, why Israel Adesanya is the champion of, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Clicking that. I want to know. Mm -hmm. uh, but like uh, a story like this, I mean, clearly, like I said, I love Cypher. I love this series and I didn't even get to watch it yet. It's not, it didn't captivate me title wise. And I've probably seen it before. So it's crazy. It is, man. But hey. Maybe maybe they'll learn things, right? You have to think somebody's job is to do all these things. And somebody's job. They'll see Absolutely. that, figure it out. You can also change titles and videos, like post. 
and mm-hmm. have them blow up like well after they've been posted. So just because it's a month in doesn't mean this can't just explode later on. It's and it's crazy that little what you just said right there. They can they can easily hire someone to just diagnose their socials, their YouTube. There are experts out there. They exist. They have consultation fees. What's five thousand dollars to get all your stuff booming to literally make that back off of one video with their uh their influence and their traction? Um, but at the same time, it's, you just got to think. And we, we all know the people sort of like behind the competitive product and a lot of these, you know, areas, if you will, of Epic, they're, they're all so fragmented. We don't know half of their agendas. You have a company that's moving so fast, but everyone's also pulling in all these directions to try to make their, you know, their project do well. We'll see, man. Um, it, It's been a crazy week, though. We had, of course, the, the, the top of the show, all the conversation around TwitchCon and the organizations that are failing and succeeding. But before we get out of here, we have one more um, L I want to give or talk about uh, before oh. we get out of here because we do have something that developed. Twitch rivals the biggest Fortnite zero-build tournament to happen in person at TwitchCon. We didn't really touch on it. They allowed a team from home to play. Who made this decision to allow a team from home to play at the biggest zero-build land today possibly the first one all the bells and whistles beautiful stage great setup the 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 cameras the lights the action it was all set up to be a success and then you allowed a team to play from home i can name off a a full-on list of issues with this but if Mm. any of you guys got some just so i I can take a break right now all right panda tell me what's wrong with this so let me break it down right so it probably wouldn't be as big of an issue if this team didn't win the entire event, but guess what? They went on to win the entire event. Now, leading up to this, uh, some drama hit the timeline as soon as people realized that this team was not there and that they were still at home in Italy. And people people started to argue, oh, well, ping is a huge issue, this, that, and the third. But come to find out, these setups that they gave the players at Twitch Rivals were not the best. To, to say the least, they had crazy input delay issues. They uh, they were FPS was capped primarily at 60 FPS. It very rarely went over. Apparently, there were sh- just numerous issues. Right. So while Twitch Rivals is hosting all these people on 60 FPS systems, now this team at home is playing on what could be maybe a little bit higher ping, which doesn't really matter in zero build to be honest. But now they're on 240 FPS. And they have their own peripherals and whatever the case may be like, it just creates this, this next level advantage that no one can compete with. And uh, that's what we saw there because unfortunately just no one could really compete. And also you, you have, like you said, you listed out some specs that are like not the greatest and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. they were, they had to go live. They were forced to go live. And at at first I, I was thinking to myself, Man, maybe they're making them stream while they do this. But then it became very evident when Archie tweeted out, LOL, they are making me go live again. Because he was probably sick and tired of playing on 30 FPS. So he t- he went offline to go ahead and, like, you know, try to do his thing, man, and play in the yeah, tournament. He wanted to lock in. And the- they made him go live again. And that's when I knew, like, dude, not only are they having a struggle, like, frame-wise and stuff, which is giving that other team a clear huge advantage um but they are forced to be live so there's nothing they can do about it and on top of being live 
I'm not saying that team at home cheated, but they easily could have pulled up anyone's stream. Oh my gosh. And had I didn't even no think about consequence. That. Yeah, like I didn't everyone think about was live. Literally, you have every POV to see what's going on, and you have nobody over their head, like everybody Zero else moderation. competing in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. Administrating what is going on. And like, all right, let's throw out competitive integrity. Say that doesn't matter. Twitch, what are you doing, man? This is the biggest event. You're supposed to have a trophy moment. You're supposed to have all this content come around here. And you you have a team at home that wins this, and now you, you get nothing. Like literally, do, do let's you bring think? Them in. Do you think they that was part of the plan? I'm gonna pop confetti and give the trophy. No, one hundred percent, it was. They, they oh, had a God. trophy. They had a trophy oh, for man. this. Like literally, the players were tweeting out, like, "Okay, so what do we do about this trophy now?" That's because hilarious. Guess what? It's like they they designed a moment that now cannot be done because <laughs> they allowed a team to compete from across the seas. Look. Twitch, I love no, it's you guys. such a fail. It, it's it's so sad that it had to be a fail, because like we guys, we want this game to succeed. <laughs> we want this to succeed as an esport. Hello, mm -hmm. it's our livelihood too. And man, dude, like who was the risk assessment guy? Like, hey, oh, uh, you know, we got we got sixty players. We got a one in sixty chance. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we could same... we could take we could take the risk. Yeah, Let's it's go the same for risk uh, assessment guy that set up a foam pit with concrete underneath. Oh and only no! Foam. But that's a totally different uh topic there. That's so bad, <laughs> dude. Look, Twitch. I, I love Twitch as a platform. Twitch gave me so many of my opportunities starting out. I've done so many shows live on Twitch. I've even done shows for Twitch. Well, we we can't but just man. blame Twitch. We have to blame. No, it, it, this is this is this is. The Twitch rivals, the production team behind it, the administration mm -hmm. team behind that, and also Epic has a play in this too. Like we're, yeah. we're not just blaming you, Twitch. We're blaming all like someone between all these organizations had to at some point or another decide. Yeah, it's fun. Like let's go with this. It's just a yeah. it's just a team. Um, but maybe this will never happen again. Like ever, ever, ever happen again because. It had to happen this time. So for all of us to know, this is why you don't let a team play from home, right? Yep. Um, and look, 2022 has been the year of Twitch uh, taking some pretty big L's. But at the end of the day, Twitch, like, I I know the Rivals team means well. Like, Cloud fueling them, they just, they want to create exciting moments and do great things. But unfortunately, sometimes they miss the mark. And yeah. guess what? That's why the Fortnite podcast is here to catch you when you are missing the mark. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, like, I, I don't see this happening again. Based on the drama and, and the reaction, there's no way something like this takes place in the future. And if it does, you clip this and you tell me I'm wrong because it, you never know, especially in, in today's day and age of uh, tournament administration. You don't have practice server on every single broadcast. There's a chance something's going to go wrong. Yeah, they just left this one at home. They forgot to figure this out. But I mean, come on, this is like hindsight is twenty twenty. This should be an obvious one. You're having a LAN event in person. Everyone else has to be there. It's like, oh, because thieves. I mean, maybe thieves didn't ask. He got stuck at home, couldn't get a visa to come to the U.S., did not get to participate. So there was also that played a factor, which is even more head scratching. I mean, we could nail this one home, but. Man, let's just listen. not do this again ever please if you're doing an in-person event the people should be there and all be playing on the same page 
table but what about my diversity my diversity quota bro you know i need the italians here too bro <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man well, li listen guys um this is a very jam-packed episode we had we had a lot to cover lots to talk about lots to digest the space this last week it has been as you can see quite a week a lot going down we'll continue to keep you guys up to date with all the news latest uh goodness and, and drama that happens in the fortnite space in general um it's been your boy monster d face we're gonna start having the boys sign out of here panda as usual let the boys at home and, and the viewers listening in know where they can find you yeah man listen you can find me on uh twitter TikTok, life w panda find me on youtube twitch life with panda uh i'll tell you what man we're 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 doing some pretty dope stuff here in the near future uh spg myself monster and i can't wait for everyone that that partakes in this podcast to get to see some really cool stuff coming fortnite scene we're not done yet content wise and i guess i'll sign off i've seen some of the stuff panda's doing participated in a few things he, he ain't lying. It's going to be really awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm somebody's gun. Thank you guys for listening as always. And if you, you want to watch some VODs, which we just talked about, no one wants to. I'm doing a VOD a day of every team <laughs> at the Invitational. Love so, it. So uh, you can go to somebody's gun on YouTube and watch those VODs, even though you don't want to. But thank you. Heck yeah. Hey, listen, guys, get out there, you know, watch some content. We're, we're still out here. Like we said, we love this game. We love being a part of this we wouldn't show up and make a podcast and continue to cover this for years on end if we didn't uh but with that i hope you all enjoyed this week's episode it has been a fun one your boy monster getting out of here don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory rounds and actually i'm doing it backwards today send your complaints to me at the fortnite podcast <laughs> at gmail.com as well uh we'll see you guys next time guys peace y'all